Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. So, let's get in. This is a, a relationship month, and uh, as I was praying, this is kind of the series I thought we would do. Uh, have you ever been, like, especially, I, I hate to say it this way, but especially Windows, and I know years ago even more, uh, if you have like a Windows-based uh, machine, especially in years past, all of a sudden you'd just be like working away and up on the screen would have this pop-up, a pop-up would come. You know, win, win, win a car, get a million dollars, you know, whatever the thing is, you know. And you're like sitting there and you're going, it's a scam, but you know, I really want that, you know, and you like tempted and, and then you push the button. And as soon as you do, you know, all these like different pop-up things just come flying up on your screen, you know, and then you spend the next, uh, I don't know, two hours getting rid of all the viruses that you just, uh, you know, this, this pop-up thing, it's like bait. It's just like this little bait that just gets you to say yes, and once you say yes to it, uh, you end up getting caught up in it, and you get trapped. And so the series that I'm going to be teaching on, the, the, the title of the series is Don't Take the Bait. Okay, now say it with me. Don't take the bait. I know you've got to get used to it. I feel like I want to be on a game show. Ready? Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. And one of the things I found, and it happens in America, but I'll tell you, it's really, uh, let's say it this way, it's really popular here in the Asian countries is... This, this thing where people get offended. And then when they get offended, it's like taking bait. Trust me, it's like taking bait. And I'll explain that as we go. And so we see in relationships, uh, we see people getting offended. And so if you've been, uh, if you're here and you haven't talked to your brother or your sister or your mother in years because of something that you can't even remember, what happened, you took the bait. If you were really good friends with someone and you, you, you spent time with them and all of a sudden something happened and uh, maybe you hurt them or they hurt you and, and then all of a sudden you're no longer talking to them and you took the bait. So this series is all about how we, get, uh, how, how we get into these traps, how we are offended, and how to get out of them, to set you free. Because Rachel said it, our, our mission is to set people free. I want to be free. Don't you want to be free? You want to have everything in your heart just filled with freedom? Uh, and, and, and like before I did this series, honestly, I, I, I had God really search my heart. I said, God, search my heart. Is there someone that I have offense towards? And, and, and actually, I, I'm pretty free from that. I, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, Wes said something the other day. Don't, no, no, I'm kidding, Wes. <laughs> Let me explain. And, and I laugh because as I cut to this, uh, this uh, thought, um, I came to Luke chapter 17, and that's what we're going to share out of today, Luke chapter 17, and I laugh when I began to read this because last series, guess where we were? Luke chapter 16. 
I wonder what Luke chapter 18 has to say. Maybe that's our next series. I don't know. No, I'm kidding. But this is, this is the, what we're going to, so we're going to be concentrating. So today, I'm just going to cover the, this, these five verses and a couple of others, and then we're going to go into depth uh, in the weeks to come. So let's read. It says, Jesus said to the disciples, things that cause people to stumble will surely, are sure to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a milestone, a millstone uh, tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And, and if he, who's talking? You guys got something coming through the monitor and I just, like, I'm just hearing this guy talking and I'm, I'm thinking it's me, but it's not. And, you know, I do talk to myself, though. I don't know if you know that. I do. I, I told Carol, actually, yesterday, she goes, what? I said, no, I'm just talking to myself. And I said, the good news is I'm still young enough that I can, I can talk quiet and hear myself. The bad news is when I get older, I'm not going to be able to hear myself, so I'm going to talk really loud. Anyways. <laughs> so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, you must forgive them. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Now, what's interesting is this word, to stumble. It says, these thing, the things that cause people to stumble are sure to come. It's a very interesting word, and I'm not a big Greek guy or anything like that, but when I saw this, it really kind of just opened up my eyes, and then all of a sudden I found myself searching the scriptures and learning all kinds of interesting things. The word there, to stumble, actually, the Greek word is to, uh, it means, uh, it says, Scandalon is the word. And when you look up that word, what it means is it gives you, it's actually like a, a picture, a word picture. It actually means the bait at the tip of the trap. So like peanut butter on the end of a mouse trap, you know? You know what that happens, right? You know what happens then? It's meant to entice the person to take the bait, right? But we're going to learn what? Say it with me. Don't take the bait. Say it. Don't take the bait. Because guess what happens when a mouse takes the bait? You know, or, you know, they set traps in the woods for like bears. And, and, and they, they put scents and they, they put different stuff that the bear is attracted to it. And he's walking along. And all of a sudden, all he can see is that bait. And he walks in and he triggers... The trap, and he's caught. And see, as you study this, what you learn is he says, he says, things that cause people to get trapped, things that cause people to take the bait, they're surely to come. And what happens when you take the bait? You become trapped. Very interesting. So what am I talking about? Well, we're talking about, and that other word, the word stumble is also translated offense or to be offended. So now we get a whole new picture of what it means to be offended. 
Basically, what happens is, all of a sudden, you know, uh, Michael and I, we're friends, and we're walking along, and, and he does something to me, and that's the bait. He does something to me that's going to hurt me, that's going to make me feel offended, and it's sitting right out there for me, and ah, I take the bait, and I become trapped. Not him. I become trapped. And this is the interesting thing about offense. Now, the Bible says something, uh, a really, really interesting proverb. It says, a brother offended, you know, one who is offended, is harder to win than a strong city. Why? Why is it hard to, like, enter or to become close to someone who is offended? Why? They're like a strong city. Why is it hard to enter a strong city? Because there's walls around them. It's hard to get into a fortified City, a city that has walls, that has moats, that has uh, gates that are closed, that, that have things that you can't get through in order to get in. And this is what happens when we get offended. Now it's funny because what happens is, so Josh and I, we're friends, Josh does something to me and all of a sudden I become offended and what happens is when he hurts me, the first thing I do is I say, I must protect myself. Natural, right? So what do I do? To protect myself, I build a wall. And we think walls are going to protect us. But guess what we're doing? We're not building walls that protect us. We're building walls that trap us. This is the lie from the evil one. We build walls, we think we're all nice and fortified, we're all set, we're all fortified, it's all around us, no one can touch us, yes, and you can't touch anyone else. And this is where the problem is. And that's why we, say it with me, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. Because once you take the bait, you start building the wall. And once you start building the wall, you are trapped. And you know what's interesting? Let's say, Josh, you're in the front row. You always get it. Me and we're becoming good friends, you know. We're good friends. Let's say he hurts me, right? And I build the wall. Guess what? We think we're building a wall just between us two. No, you're not. You're building a wall and it affects every relationship that you have. I build a wall against him, I have a problem with my wife because I've stopped. I, I, I build a wall against him and I can't really love my kids or I can't love my friends or I can't love my wife or I can't allow love to come in. This is what happens. That's why I love this word offended, scandalon, because scandalon means to take the bait, or, you know, it's a bait, and once you take it, you're trapped. So I want you to think, throughout this whole message, I want you to think, I'm sure some of you can already think of people in your lives you haven't talked to, you have bitterness towards, you're, you know, you've got something against them. You're angry towards them. You've built a trap for yourself. I'm sure, you, maybe you've heard this expression. I've heard it before. I don't know if you've heard it before, but let's say, you know, Billy does something, you know, and, and now I'm mad at him. I'm angry towards him, and, like, I kind of want, want him to pay for what he's done. 
all of that is like kind of like revenge feeling, you know? And they always say that this kind of bitterness is like me drinking poison and hoping he dies. You know, because Billy, he's doop-de-dooping all around, man. He's happy, nothing's wrong with him. He's like, oh, I'm fine, you know? And I'm like, ah! Who's got the problem? So this is what we're going to be talking about over the next uh, few weeks. And I really don't want you to get trapped. And if you're trapped, I want to talk to you about how to get set free from that trap because I want us to be free. Free so that we can freely love, that we can freely receive love. Okay, women, get ready. I got one for you. This is a freebie. I hadn't planned to say it, but I'm going to say it. It just came to my mind. Okay? Your husband, your wife, your friend turns to you and goes, you're so beautiful. And you say to yourself, no, I'm not. You're trapped. You're trapped. Because something in your life, someone put a trap out there, some beauty magazine or some, some social thing, put it out there and made you feel trapped. And you took the bait. You took the bait. We were just talking about it two days ago, you know, because Putri Bali was here, you know, and they're all like seven foot tall, and, and I think they're about that big. I mean, I, I couldn't ever, they were so thin and so tall. I, it's like, man, can you actually get that way? But you know, most of the pictures in the magazines are all fake anyways. They Photoshop the living daylights out of them. But you take the bait, you get trapped. But we're talking about relationships. So let's walk through the scripture. And, and, and usually I don't, uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't use don'ts. But today I got a few don'ts for you to kind of just start us off. And I, I, I'm not usually a negative guy, but it just seems to fit this message. So uh, the first one as we look at this passage is, don't be surprised when someone offends you. The Bible says, Jesus just said it. Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. It's going to happen. Why are you surprised that someone's going to offend you? Because Jesus told you it's going to happen. So don't be surprised. Don't be, <gasps> and But here's the reason. Here's the reason why you're surprised. There's a reason why you're surprised. Because often... The ones who really offend you are your closest friends. It's really your closest friends. I mean, come on. I mean, if we really wanted to get offended and we really were into offense, it would be very easy to drive uh, in your motorcycle or in your car down the street here in Bali. People are cutting you off all the time. Do you get offended by that? A little bit, but quickly gone, right? Why? Because you do it to them. No. Uh, <laughs> no, the reason why is because you don't know them. And they don't know you. Matter of fact, my friend, when he first came to Indonesia, a pastor friend of mine was uh, just, I don't know, he was just in a meeting or whatever and with some of the congregation, his congregation. And at the end of the meeting, uh, one of the congregation, because he was new, one of the congregation members said, uh, can I know your license plate number, please? And he's like, all right, and he gave him. He said, why do you need my license plate number? He goes, because I don't want to cut you off on the street. 
He doesn't take anybody else's license plate, but because he knows him. And see, it's always the person we know. Listen to this scripture verse. I just think this is an amazing scripture verse. It says, it is not an enemy who taunts me. I could bear that. It is not my foes who so arrogantly insulted me. I could have hidden from them. Instead, it was you, my equal, my companion, my closest friend, my good, uh, what good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked in to the house of God. See, it was his close friend that hurt him. It's always your close friends that hurt you. It's always the ones that you don't expect to hurt you. And, and I'll tell you why. You actually have a lie in you. I have a lie in it, too. It gets me all the time. Okay? You know, so once again, Billy, here we are. You and me, you're my friend. And we become very good friends, very close, you know. And, and, and we have a lie. I have a lie in my heart. The lie in my heart is friends don't hurt friends. That's a lie. That's an absolute outright lie. Because... I love you, Billy, but you're not perfect. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to do things that, like, maybe not intentionally, but sometimes even intentionally. Why? Because you're full of fear. You have fear. I have fear. We're not perfect, and so we, we get defensive sometimes, and we do things, and we hurt each other. Well, not because we don't love each other, but just because we're, excuse me, we're idiots, right? I mean, that's what we are. We're imperfect. Come and think about it. Your wife, I mean, your wife loves you, right? I'm sure your wife has hurt you. Or your husband, I'm sure your husband has hurt you. And so here's what we do. Here's what all, so say it with me. Don't take the bait. Say it. So here's what we do, right? Here's the bait. Here's the bait. Okay, so Josh and I, we're friends, and Josh, I don't know, gets fearful or whatever. He lies to me. Something happens. And he, and he just doesn't do something that's normal friends do, and they hurt me. He hurts me, right? So my reaction is, well, wait a minute. Friends don't hurt friends. Therefore, you're not my friend. First wall. You don't love me. Second wall. You're going to hurt me again. Third wall. I build a wall around me. And then, oh, then I finally say to myself, I'm over it, even though I'm still trapped. All right? And so, you know, Let's say, you know, so, so I have, uh, I'm, let's say I'm single and I have a girlfriend and my girlfriend does something to me and, and then, you know, we break up, you know, and so I build this wall because she hurt me, right? And then I meet the next girl. And now I don't fully give out. I don't fully love. Why? Because that girl could hurt me too. If this one hurt me, that one will hurt me. Come on. I remember when I first, I came to a, 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 a church one time. I was pastoring a church, or I was at least preaching at it, and I stayed there for a while. And the old pastor, he, he did a lot of things that hurt that congregation. That's why he had left, and the congregation went down. And, and he used to use this expression. He used to say, uh, I, want to be, uh, I want to be totally uh, honest with you. That was the expression he used. He would sit there, and he'd get ready to preach, and he'd say, I want to be totally honest with you. But what he meant when he said that is, I'm going to slam you and tell you how bad you are right now. That was the way he used that expression. Well, I use that expression, but I usually use that expression to tell you something very deep about myself and become vulnerable to you. So I remember the first time I ever used that in that congregation, I said, I want to be totally honest with you. Everybody went, <laughs> why? Because they had walls built all around. 
Why? Because they had been hurt before. And the same words that I used were the words that the one that hurt them used. He used those words that hurt them. And so we associate, oh, same words, same meaning, same result. And that's why we build walls, thinking they protect ourselves, but then we can never receive love, nor can we give it back out again. So what you do is, don't take the bait. Don't take the bait. My wife and I have this principle in communication. I try to teach it to those that are uh, uh, just starting in relationships. And, 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 and I'll have to say it twice probably so you get it. But my wife and I have this, uh, this principle. We believe there's a misunderstanding before we believe the misunderstanding. I'll say that again. We believe that there is a misunderstanding before we believe the misunderstanding. You catching that? So my wife might say something, and when she says it, I think, oh no, you know, she's saying something hurtful. But I don't. I say, I must not understand what she's saying. That's got to be wrong, because my wife would not hurt me. And so now I need to understand. Because a lot of times what happens is some of you hear something and immediately you start saying, oh, this person is trying to hurt me. See, you took the bait. And now you're trapped. Before you even get a chance to talk, before you even get a chance to talk, you are in this trap. And so you can't do that. So don't take the bait. Don't be surprised. Now, in this passage... It says that, uh, it, it does quickly say, Jesus does say this. He says what? Don't be the one who offends. He says it's better that you, like, throw yourself into the sea than what? You cause someone to get trapped. Woo! Think about that. What a, one a wonderful way or an interesting way to understand that. It's don't do that. Don't be the one who causes others to get into a trap. Now, you can't control other people. It's impossible for you to control other people. So how do you do this? Well, what I, the only advice I have to you uh, on this, because Jesus doesn't really spend a lot of time on it, is this. Don't use your freedom to hurt other people. You know, when I first came to Indonesia, it's hot here. I don't know about you guys. It's hot here. I really don't like long pants and shirts and suit jacket. I don't like any of that stuff, right? I used to preach in sandals. You know, there's a lot of people in Indonesia that get offended by me as I preach in sandals. Well, I'm free. I can preach in sandals. I always used to say to myself, well, I can't wear what Jesus wore? I don't understand. But you notice, you probably have noticed over the last, I don't know how many years it's been now, I don't wear sandals. Why? Because I'm free. I could wear sandals, but why? Why do I want to offend you? Why do I want to cause you to be trapped? You know, it's one of the reasons why I don't wear shorts when I speak. I would love to wear shorts when I speak, but I don't want to trap you. I don't want to cause things to make, give you problems in your life or struggle. Why, do I, why would I want to do that? So we don't use our freedom to cause other people to get trapped. The Bible says in Romans, it says, decide instead to live in such a way that you do not cause other believers to stumble or to fall. That stumble, that word is scandalon, which means 
cause them to be trapped. This is why as adults, as parents, right, you know, we're careful what we do in front of our children. It doesn't mean we can't do that. We just don't do it in front of them because we know they can't handle it, right? Well, if we do that for our kids because we love them, shouldn't we do that for others as well? You understand? So I'm not going to say a lot about it because Jesus doesn't say a lot about it other than don't use your freedom to trap other people, to cause other people to be offended. There's no sense. You know, I mean, when I went to the village, you know, I didn't know. I just reached out my left hand. Some people get offended by that. Okay, so then I use my right hand. Why use my left hand? No need. I mean, I could sit there and tell them the merits of, you know, it's not hurting you. It's, never mind. I was going to say I don't even use that hand, but we won't talk about that. Anyways, never mind. Okay. Number three, don't stay offended. Duh, don't stay trapped. He says this, very interesting. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. If they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times a day and seven times they come back and say, I repent, you must forgive them. Oh, man. How many want to say amen to that? Oh, yeah, that's, that's easy, yeah? Oh, yeah, simple. Oh, yeah, no problem, Jesus. That's easy. No one, this is like one of the only places where the, uh, the apostles say, God, I need more faith. And it's interesting because the, the next verse that he uses, he says, even if you have a mustard seed of faith, you could say to this mulberry tree or to this mountain, you be removed and thrown into the sea, right? We use that verse for everything else, but we don't use it for this. You know, you know we say to the mountain, be removed. Yeah, guess where the mountain is? Boom, boom, boom. Guess what a mountain is? Like a wall. It's like a wall. I had this... So how do we do this? How do we do this? Well, we'll talk more about it, but I'll just give you this example. Uh, I knew this girl. Um, I still know her. Uh, she's in America, and um, she got married to this man who was abuse abuser, very bad abuser, like we're talking physical abuse. You know, I mean, I get sad just thinking about it. You know, it's just not right. It's not supposed to happen. And so finally, she managed to get out of it, and she got divorced. But one day, uh, this man came over her house and said he had forgotten something at her house. And so, you know, being who she is, she let him in to get something, and he raped her. Now, I don't know how you forgive that. Woo, I don't know how you forgive that. But she sat in front of me, and she said, you know, I'm free. I I've forgiven that guy of that. And I'm like, well, how in the world did you forgive somebody? How do you do that? How do you do that? How do you forgive someone who does some heinous thing like that? And she basically looked at me, and she, well, she was just talking, and she said, every day. She said, every day when, when anger would build up inside my heart and I would think about what he did, I would say to myself and I would say to God, I forgive him. Every day, every moment, she thought of this evil thing that brought her into a trap. It trapped her life. Come on, it's true. Trapped her life. She basically said, I forgive that person. This is a great exercise and will help you greatly. And then you find yourself saying, 
God, forgive them. God, help them. God, bless them. God, pour mercy on them. And you begin to turn that trap into something that is so miraculous, that's so freeing, it's actual love. And then you're free again. But you have to go through it. Every day, every moment, every time, you sense that, 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 that bitterness that comes up in you, you need to exercise that. Just like Jesus did when he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He was free. Why? Because he released it all. And that's why Jesus is saying, even seven times they come and say they do wrong. Forgive them. That forgiveness in some ways is, yeah, it'll help them, but it's really more for you. It's more for you to set you free from what they are trying to do. Bring you into a trap that will keep you in bondage longer than you want to be. So you need to exercise that every time. Forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. I want you to even say that right now. Think about that person that, you're, that, you're, that you struggle with, that you have bitterness towards, that did something wrong to you in the past, that hurt you, that damaged you, that caused you to be bitter, that caused time of your life that you don't deserve. I want you to say it right now. Say it out loud or say it to yourself. Say it to God and say it to them. Father, I forgive them. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. I'm telling you this exercise is something that will set you free and it'll allow you to love. It'll set you so free. I'll probably talk more about that in the weeks to come. Then he does something really weird, and I'll close with this. He does something really weird. I don't know about you, when I read scriptures, sometimes I'm like, God, how are these scriptures related? It makes no sense to me. And so he, 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 he tells this like story after, after this, after he says, you know, forgive. Then he tells a story. He says, when a servant comes in from plowing, this is Luke 7, 17:7, uh, uh, 7, or taking care of the sheep, does his master say, come in and sit and eat with me? No, he says, prepare my meal and put, your apron, uh, put on your apron and serve me while I eat. Then you can eat later. And does the master thank the servant for doing what he has been told to do? Of course not. In the same way, when you obey me, you should say, we are unworthy servants who have simply done our duty. Okay. Now, just so you know, get ready. He's basically insulting. He's insulting us. He's rebuking those who don't understand this. And I'll explain. How many here, uh, if, uh, you don't have to raise your hand, but you have a helper, right? He's, she's probably, he or she is probably at home right now, has cleaned your house, right? And when you come home, you're going to expect the meal on the table, right? That makes sense, right? You, you hired them to do that job, and they're doing that job. They, when you come home, you expect it. When it's not clean, you say it's not clean, and, and then you expect to have a meal. I, I would assume that when you get home, your helper is not going to be sitting at the table saying, okay, I cleaned this morning, now where's lunch? Right? Doesn't make any... Pretty logical, pretty straightforward, pretty easy to understand. Yes, exactly. This is the point. 
We have lies inside us about who God is and about how God should treat us. I know this is, like I said, it's kind of a rebuke, so get ready. See, we have this lie. God, I'm serving you, therefore you're supposed to protect me from all these things. See, I serve you, now you serve me. That's what he's saying in this passage. He's saying the servant says, I serve you, master, now you serve me. But we forget who the master is. We forget that he's the master and we are the servants. And so what happens is we're trying to do our best. We're trying to serve God. We're we're trying our best to do what God wants us to do. And then someone comes along and he does something evil to us. He does something wrong to us. And we go, God, you were supposed to protect me from that because I took care of your business. Take care of God's business and he'll take care of your business. You know those things. And we get tricked. and And then I tell you right now, don't. Take the bait. I don't really have time to share this, so I'm going to give you this, and if you catch it, you do. If you don't catch it, don't worry. I find it very interesting that Jesus stood up. The first thing he said was, I have come to bring liberty to captives, right? To set the captives free, that the prisoners will go free, right? Remember that verse, Isaiah 61? He stood up. That was the beginning of his ministry. Now, the guy before him, the guy before him was John the Baptist, right? John the Baptist was like, I come to find the Messiah. When I see him, I will declare him. And he saw Jesus, and he's like, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's the one who will set everyone free, right? And then Jesus stands up and says, uh, you know, I set captives free. Guess where John is? He's in prison. Wait a minute, God. I thought you said you set people free. I thought you set people free. How come I'm in prison, God? I declared you, I told you, I told everyone that you were the one. I even let you baptize more people than me because I knew that was the way. And so, God, I let you, I decrease and you increase. I did everything for you and now I'm in prison. How come you didn't protect me? But see, God never promised that he would protect you from everything in the world. He never said that. I almost want to sing that song. I never promised you a rose garden. If you old school, if you knew that song. Jesus never said that. He never said that. He said tough times are going to come. They're going to persecute you because you love me. Stumbling is going to come. Offenses are going to come. Problems are going to come. So don't believe the lie that says, if God, if I serve you, you will serve me. No, 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 no. That's how we get trapped. Now why? Why is John in prison? Why? I've got the answer. I can tell the answer. You want the answer? How many want the answer? Easy answer. I don't know. (laughs) Why make it up? And I'll talk some more about this probably next week. I'm not going to try to make up an answer. This is the problem. We try to make up answers when we don't have them. I don't have the answer. All I know is God said, serve me, and you will get the inheritance of heaven. So all right, I'll take it. I'll take it. And if that means it's up there before it's here, that's fine with me. And that's what he's saying. He's saying, when you serve me, just keep serving me. Don't worry about my part. I got you. I'll take care of you. So some of us are trapped 
in offense towards God because something happened in our lives and we don't like it and we say, God, it's your fault. Ultimately, almost every offense is, is anger towards God. I don't have time to cover the rest, but just don't expect your service to be, you know, rewarded with protection. God never said that. All right, let me just read this last scripture verse. I'm going to have these guys come out. Come on, guys, because we're going to have communion now. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. Those are almost everything that revolves around being trapped, as well as any types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted to each other, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. I love that. This is where freedom lies, right here. All the bitterness and rage and anger, that's all traps. Don't take the bait. But be tender-hearted. Well, he's not tender-hearted to me. That's not what God said. God didn't say, let others be tender-hearted to you. He didn't say that. He said, you be tender-hearted. You forgive. You can't control other people. You can control you. So we're going to take communion now. And, and I, I think, you know, the Bible says something quite interesting. He says, it says, you know, if you, if you are going to bring your offering to God and you know when you come to the altar to bring it, someone has something against you or you have something against them, Leave the, leave the gift at the altar and go and reconcile with them and then come back. Now, I'm not telling you not to take communion. I'm not. Matter of fact, I would not tell you that at all. I, I've, heard, I've heard pastors say, you know, if you have sin in your life, you know, you're not worthy to receive. Duh, that's what it's for. Let's just repent and get it. I, I don't understand. Why not be positive about it? If you know you're, you've got something wrong, just say, God, forgive me. If he's telling us to forgive someone seven times a day, and then he says seven times 70 a day in another pot, obviously he'll forgive you. So if you have something against someone, what I really want you to do is right now, I want you to release them as you come and receive them, well, as you, as you get communion. Because it's really about just being free before God and free before each other. I was just telling someone this morning that my favorite, one of my favorite scripture verses, besides the whole Bible, is, is, this, is the last verse in Genesis chapter 2. It says that Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, it says that they stood before God naked and unashamed. It means there was nothing between them and God. There was just complete freedom between them and God. And between each other, they were completely free. God wants us to live that way. So release those people that you're, that you're offended by because in releasing them, you'll be free. So as we, what we're going to do today, because we have like tight chairs, we're going to do something a little different. We're going we're gonna to serve you communion. Uh, so I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward. Uh, David, come help me out, would you please? Um, now, before they start distributing, uh, you know, obviously these are all like symbolic, you know. This is symbolic. And there's, there's bread and there's wine. 
Uh, and the bread stands for uh, Jesus. Tungu, tungu. Uh, the bread stands for Jesus' broken body on the cross, and the wine stands for his blood that was shed. The bread, to me, is like uh, for, for our, like we need that for sustenance. I know you might not know that word. What's another word for? Food, to eat, yeah. It, it nourishes us. When he died on the cross, he took all our sins and sicknesses, oh, hallelujah, and he died for us. So that we can live. So that when we take the bread, it's like, God, we receive that, that nourishment of healing, of forgiveness. The blood stands for, it says, without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. And so Jesus shed his blood so that we could have sins forgiven. When, we, when, I, when I drink of the, uh, the cup, I always think, God, thank you for forgiving all my sins. Today we're going to do just one more little thing. When we take the bread, we're going to thank God for what he did in, in taking care of us. And we're going to say, God, this also is giving me strength to forgive others. To release those that we're offended by. And as I drink this blood, I forgive them of all the offense that they've done to me. And I set them free today. Can we do that? So we're going to have...